Welcome to Respawning Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast where three lifelong friends gather, sorry, four lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I'm Holden Depardo. That's Chad Michael Ennis. What's up? We have special guest Adam Gumby from East Coast Games Podcast. What's up, everybody? And you're you, and that's why we love you. Chad's going to start us off with the instruction manual for Adam Gumby, who I just introduced. Chad, What's up, everybody? Welcome to a segment we call Read the Adam Gumby Instruction Manual, where we get a new game or a new person on our show, and we read the instruction manual and find out all about them in the back of our mom's car while we try not to throw up down the road because we get motion sickness and didn't take our (laughs) Dramamine. Here is... I don't get motion sickness. I just imagine that's a thing that people have. I'm perfect. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) Adam, I've got three interview questions for you and ten video game word association questions. Uh, we're going to start by just asking you, without mentioning video games, describe yourself. I would say I am a black African-American male. That's the first one. No, I'm Adam. That technically uh, is correct. It does not have video games in it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have video games. No, I'm Adam. Uh, <laughs> I'm super big into uh, all things, uh, not video game related, but all nerdy. So, into sports, but in a nerdy way. Into wrestling, but in a nerdy way. Into D&D. Oh, that's nerdy on its own. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, you know, I'm whatever I'm into, I'm super into. And it just happens to be three things, well, I guess with games four, that don't match at all. But once I'm into something, I'm all the way into it. So Nice. Commit 100%. 110%. Adam. <laughs> You create content. Tell us about your content. Yeah, so I make a podcast, uh, East Coast Games. Comes out and should come out every week, um, which is you know a sort of a deeper dive, like not news specifically, but like oh, let's talk about this thing that happened recently, you know, in the more of a way like that. And then I also I've been saying this forever. I have about eighty episodes of a D and D podcast that I'm ready to publish at any moment. So it's not out yet, but whenever it does come out, I'll let everybody know. Wait, what? 80 episodes? I think it's 80 episodes. Why haven't you released them? You have 80 episodes. I'm waiting on music. That's it. (laughs) I'm waiting on music. And I just keep editing. High production values, and you're like going for it. I'm trying to, as best I can. That That sounds sounds like us. We've been recording video for our podcast for six months, (laughs) and we're just waiting for like, I don't know, lower thirds, because one of us is lazy, and the other one doesn't know how to do lower (laughs) thirds. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly me. I think it's in January, it'll be a year that we've done a weekly session, and each session is about two episodes worth, so actually probably closer to 100 episodes at this point. Just waiting on it. It'll come out one day. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Question number two and a half. This one doesn't really count, but do you remember Rage 2? Yes. <laughs> twist! Twist! Rage 2 came out this year. <laughs> Blows my mind. Blows my mind. <laughs> Nothing ever happened with that game. Did you ever play it? Hey, they just put on Game Pass, and I just started it up about a week ago. Look at that. It's going to go the and way of Anthem soon. It is. I can remember. I understand why no one remembers that game came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> I was going back through. Usually that, that question is, uh, remember Anthem. But we actually played mm. Anthem this week, so I'm going to talk about it, and it's not fair. So I was going back through. I was like, what else came out this year? I was like, oh, fuck. That's right. Rage 2 came out, and it had a huge marketing push. Kingdom Hearts 3 as well. That was my runner-up. That was my runner-up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, final question. Who's someone who truly inspires you? I would say anybody who hustles super hard. Um, I'm going to get real. I'll, I'll go kind of nerdy here. I guess for me, Triple H, you guys know Triple H, the old wrestler from the 90s and 2000s. The prequel no. to Vin Diesel's Triple X? 
Yes. It, <laughs> it was when several uh, prequels beforehand. Yeah, he wasn't a, a an agent yet. Um, no. So Triple H is a guy who used to be a wrestler like during the Attitude Era, so like Stone Cold Rock, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then he married uh, Vince McMahon's daughter, and now he runs a brand called NXT, and it's the best wrestling on TV. And I'm just like, hey, that guy's really cool. Like he he was a professional athlete. He moved up. And now he's owning and creating a thing that's better than the guy who hired him all those years ago. So, like, shout out to that. That guy's hustle is ridiculous. So, Heck I'm yeah. all about that. Good answer. Most everyone is like, I don't know, my mom. And like, no, you're just like, I got a guy ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Ten questions before we get into our episode. They are just video game word association. So, I say something video game related. You just say quickly whatever comes to mind as long as it's not offensive. Starting with... Anthem. I was about to say garbage. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's how this works. Word. Great. Oh no. Cubert. <laughs> um, fun. Arcade. Um, classic. Touchpad. Uh, iPhone. Doritos. Loco Saco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Mountain Dew. Uh, Baja Blast. <laughs> Were you fishing for Jeff Keeley there? <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> Mountain Dew Livewire. All right. Sierra Mist. <laughs> uh, knockoff Sprite. <laughs> yes, thank you. Sierra Mist sucks. Vitality Sensor. Uh, we Fit. I don't know why. Yeah. And finally, Season Pass. Mm, Mass Effect 3. All right. I think uh, Locos Tacos is the best answer you had there because it's the freaking bee's knees. That oh, was so immediately, good. like, you didn't even have to finish saying the word Dorito and that was already coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Your word is do- Locos Taco. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm going to turn it back over to you. Take us to this episode. Yeah, so we start off with playtime. Talk about what we've been playing this week. Let's start off with Adam. Adam, what have you been playing this week? Oh yeah, I've got a big list because I have I came on earlier this year, I believe it was. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's like been February, a long time. Gonna, March, maybe. Yeah, I'm going like to say that. everything I've played since the beginning of the year. No, not really. <laughs> um, Rage two. Getting ready for game of the year stuff. I guess I'll just knock some stuff out of here. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I just picked that up like the other day. I'm trying to get in that. I mean, that game's awesome. I'm trying to smooch all those people. Um, <laughs> Do you have time to beat that whole game before the end of the year? Probably not. I'll probably get you know 20 hours in we'll see what i can do um i you gotta do all three campaigns all like 270 hours of that game yeah that's yeah that's not gonna happen i'll see how many fights i can get into pretty much um let's see pokemon sword of course that was a little while ago slay the spire uh dmc5 hitman 2 control rage 2 there it is and jedi yeah. fall in order these are all the things i played in the last two weeks trying to get ready for the end of the year stuff if I remember correctly, like a week and a half ago, you tweeted out, like, what should I be playing for the end of the year? I've already got Control. Mm-hmm. How, how Have you beat Control? Do you love it? Do you want it? No, to I am. What's going on? I'm probably like four hours into Control. Okay. Um, I'm liking it, but I also love Remedy. I've loved it, literally everything they've ever done. So I was like, I'm going to get to this eventually. But I'm like, now it's that time. I got to get to it. Uh, but yeah, I like I mean, it's just Remedy's weird, man. But like in the best way. Sam yeah. Lake's just like, can I make a TV show? They're like, we're a video game company. He's like, yeah, I'm making a TV show. And it's, <laughs> I, lo- I, I love guess video games are TV now. Yeah, it's it's so weird, but it's 
it's like Twilight Zone video game every time he makes something. I love it. Dope. Yeah. I'm playing uh, DMC as well. Uh, how are you liking it so far? I beat the first level, and it's very anime. It's very Japanese. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's a fun action game. I don't know what's going on in the story. I don't know who these people, these anime boys are, but it, it, is, it is a fun game, so I'm going to get through that, you know, at some point, God knows when, but I mean, it's fun to play, so. Yeah, I haven't played any of them either, so I'm like, I don't know who Dante is, I don't know who Nero is, I don't know who V, I have no idea who anybody is or what the hell is going on. They fight demons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that that game is basically just about being super stylish and cool and looking badass and then shooting shit and killing shit. Yeah. That's it's the great the, American dream. You've got anime guy with the motorcycle sword, and you got goth magic dude. So far, <laughs> is what I've seen. So it's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Adam Driver. It's basically just Kylo Ren in a different outfit. It is. <laughs> well, that's a lot. <laughs> you played a lot this week for sure. Yeah, actually, I'm curious what you're thinking of Jedi Fallen Order because Ch- Chad and I notoriously have not enjoyed that game that much yeah. i think is fair to say i love that game it's i don't it won't be my game of the year but it'd be my top five the thing is it's at the start it's really, i also love star wars like watch all the clone wars watch rebels did i do all that nonsense um i love it at the beginning it slows down in the middle then you get a power and it gets good again that's the way that i i saw it and yeah i'm on my second playthrough of that trying to at the uh, harder difficulty now Try, like oh, wow. the hardest difficulty or yeah mm-hmm. woo woo good best. luck on those final couple of bosses <laughs> God, right? Who are you telling? my my only real issue is that i had some technical problems in the late part of the game where, like the world wouldn't load in and stuff oh yeah mm-hmm. we're familiar Which with that is, uh, <laughs> uh, it was very strange um but as far as a star wars game go and i also normally don't really love souls games um and I know it's not exactly a Souls game, but it's enough of a Souls game where I can make fun of someone for liking it. But I like it, so I don't say anything. <laughs> I think it's a Souls game. I think it's for sure a Souls game. Yeah. It might not be as hard, but it's definitely a Souls game. See, uh, as much as I was I was kind of down on it last week, and I still i am not like a super big fan of the game, I would say, it. I'm really glad it exists because I want more single-player Star Wars games like this. So mm. I'm really happy that the buzz has been really high for it, that it's selling really well. I just wish I had a better experience yeah. with it myself, but I'm like crossing my fingers they keep going with this because everything about it I like like to just it meshing together. Yep, it's I will 100 percent play a sequel that Respawn has time to polish. Oh yeah, the sequel will be super because, dope. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But again, I'm. I mean, I watched. I'm watching. I just watch everything Star Wars. I'm too much into Star Wars. I'm like, I know that. You're gonna, you go hardcore. You nerd out on everything you love. <laughs> I have to, yeah. So, but I, I definitely see where where people didn't love it. I definitely see that like, I had problems with it too. But yeah, I'm with you. Give it some time in a sequel. That I mean, this game's already a big deal, but a, a polished yeah. version of that game w- would be the best. Oh, absolutely, yeah. What color lightsaber did you end up going with? Oh, good question. What you say? What color lightsaber? Yeah. Did I start with or end with? End with. Purple. Purple. That's Good choice. It's, I asked, uh, I was playing, spoilers, Anthem with uh, Trevor and Matt. And Matt was purple. I almost went purple, but then Trevor and I both agreed we went yellow. I was like, yellow looked really dope. Especially because I made my, the lightsaber itself like a teal color. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. My thing is I like how they all have different sounds. And I think 
the cyan and the purple got like some real really cool sounds. I think one of them is like oh, super I deep. I didn't yeah, know that at all. They all buzz differently. Hmm. Oh, I chose green dope. just because it's green and green's like the best color lightsaber you can get. Duh. It's Luke Skywalker's color. It's Baby Yoda color. It's Baby Yoda. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the little short lightsaber. <laughs> I love it. All right. I, so Chad just mentioned Anthem. I'm mm-hmm. very curious what yeah that was like so here's so here's the story here is that chad tweeted out actually uh trevor uh tweeted out to us saying that they had anthem on sale for like five dollars chad was on board for it and i was like i refused <laughs> i just refused <laughs> to play that game because i'd already played the demo this year and i just really disliked the demo uh chad knows this because i was very obnoxious while playing with him i think he wanted to punch <laughs> yep. me because yep. i was vocally uh disliking the game uh so chad was it redeemed I'm very curious. Holden, um, Joel Campos found the screenshot of me on the GG app. Follow me on GG at Chad Mike Ennis, uh, where it says Chad started playing Anthem, and then three hours later, Chad abandoned Anthem. Like I think that <laughs> I think that says it all. This game, I saw that and laughed out loud. That was amazing. <laughs> there's more to this game that I liked than I was expecting, which I think is 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 a positive obviously um we started out first of all it's game night so if you want to play with us patreon.com slash respawn aim fire one dollar you can play with us every week on thursday nights most of the time uh so we were playing anthem it was me trevor and matt none of us had played it before and um there's a like a single player mission you have to do and then you can all squad up in a way it's not like destiny though where you can like form a fire team and then you all gather in the tower and you decide what you're gonna do it's like you go to the mission select team screen and then you choose the party that you want to go, and then you guys go out on that mission together. Um, so it's like a little bit different there. It's, it, there's going to be a lot of Destiny comparisons, by the way, which I think is mm-hmm. apt because the game is basically a Destiny ripoff. But no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's in third person. Remember How all the time Destiny ripoff. Wasn't it Anthem? They were trying to say no, it's not like Destiny at all. Probably before they even knew what it was as they were developing it three months before <laughs> launch. Um, anyway, at that point it was. They didn't lie. That's right. That's right. Um, they didn't know flying, what it was until like a week before it came out. The flying does feel really cool. What feels even cooler, I played as the Storm this time, which you didn't get to do in the demo. In the demo, you were just the Ranger no matter what. Actually, until, unless you played a lot of the demo. But unlocked the Storm right off the bat. And the Storm is the elemental one, and you like hover in the air and shit, and you call down lightning and shoot fireballs and little ice pellets, and you can upgrade all your elemental powers. And it was so cool. The ultimate ability of the Storm was super cool. I felt powerful. The issue we had a lot with the demo where everything felt like just a bullet sponge, I didn't feel like that way at all playing it this time around, which was good. I was just like, freeze, 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 boom, fire, you're dead. Freeze, boom, fire, you're dead. Uh, Matt played the, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's the, the big heavy guy. And his ultimate was just a gun that he held on his butt that he pulled out and shot people with his butt gun. Uh, he seemed to have a fun time, but just not as fun as uh, Trevor and I did with the the storm so i had a really cool character but the game itself is obviously designed in a different way than people are trying to play it like this is notorious when it first came out you couldn't switch weapons between missions or switch weapons in a mission or upgrade your equipment or anything like that you had to leave the world go back to the uh the forge which was in the city and then all the loot that you got you can finally look through it and people are like, fuck that. 
that's way too long, first of all, to wait for it to load. Second of all, it's just bad game design. So now you can do that in the world, which was fine. It was great. But then the game itself is designed around you going back to the city so much that like we finished two missions and then we're like, I don't know what to do next. I mean, I've equipped all my shit and there's nothing, there's no more quests for me to do. So we're like, oh, I guess we have to go back to the city now and pick up a quest so that we can continue. It was just, we had to go speak to one person. It was like, that seems like a waste. Yeah. The game was designed around, well, you're going to have to come back here after every mission anyway. But then whenever that, Mm. that breaks the flow of the way that it is now, when I can do all this out in the world and now it suddenly feels like a huge break in my flow whenever I have to go back to the city. Um, didn't enjoy that. The fun part of obviously was flying, and then there's that cooldown timer on the like you overheat really quickly. So hovering was cool as a storm, but if you're not playing as a storm and you're just fly, like, you, good luck flying for any amount of time that's reasonable or worthwhile. So they're like, yeah, this is a really cool mechanic, and then pff, nope, we don't gonna we're not gonna let you use it. And then because of all of that too game design like for the missions and things like that we had we ended up playing the same mission twice the second mission of the game we played it twice on accident because we didn't realize until about halfway through it was like this is exactly the same thing that we did before which was similar enough to the first mission that we that's why we didn't was like oh they're all kind of exactly the same you just go to a point kill some bad guys use your little sonar to find something nearby and so the fact that we didn't even realize that we were doing a mission over again means that they were all very cookie-cutter, the same boring-ass shit. No story. There's some good voice acting from a couple of characters, but overall, the whole time I was thinking, man, Destiny Season 8 ends in like a week, and we could be doing stuff there and earning our you know Season Pass rank and getting all these exotics and doing all this cool shit and playing Gambit, and instead we're sitting here playing Anthem, and we're bored, <laughs> and this is terrible. So I'm not a fan of Anthem, and that's it. All right. Yep. But then I also played, I finally finished Jedi Fallen Order. And now that I know that I'm not going to go back and platinum that and go find all the extra shit, I'm like, good, I can get back to Death Stranding. So I jumped back into Death Stranding, picked right back up at the beginning of Chapter 3 where I left off earlier. And about 30 minutes into that, I said, Marie Kondo, does this not spark joy? I am not, <laughs> <laughs> I am not happy playing this game right now. I, got to throw it out. Uh, yep. So I was like, gotta throw it out gotta throw it in the trash i abandoned death stranding i might come back to it much much later but at the time i'm just like there's not enough going on in the game right now for me to want to play this with everything else there is to play i feel the same thing i stopped playing to play jedi fallen order pokemon shield when that came out and i'm just like why would i return i i I was in a point in the game where it was frustrating to progress because i I had to get that like exosuit like skeleton thing you can wear mm-hmm. and the battery on it had died so it's gonna be a pain in the ass to go through all the mules that are between me and, and the main camp where i could refuel it again so i was like fuck it, i just don't want to play this game i'm done yep <laughs> it's just it not did, worth it it just did not spark joy so i said all right let me look at my list i've got a list of games that i have to play before the end of 2019 and all that's left on it now is pokemon outer wilds and oh donut county because it's our it's our barf game and surge too so I said, I'm leaving on vacation in like 10 days. What can I play that I could probably finish in those 10 days? I looked up how long to beat Outer Wilds and it said 16 hours. I was like, okay, okay, I could finish that and not like leave halfway through and be like pining for it the whole time I'm back in North Carolina. So I jump in Outer Wilds and I played it for about an hour and I said, nope, nope, this game has great music. It's got great visuals, but I am not about to 
fucking wander all over the galaxy with no direction trying to figure out what i'm supposed to do and then figure out how to do once i'm once i figure out what i'm supposed to do figure out how to do that efficiently like, nah that's too much too much wasted time for me so i uh i abandoned the outer wilds after about an hour and i don't think i'm coming back to that one don't <laughs> all we, the things we, are so magical and special but I, I, i'm so sorry it's, it's a magical experience but it is like you have to enjoy that journey. If you don't enjoy the traveling on the, the planets, you're not going to enjoy the game. Yeah. Because yeah, we, we did an episode where we all sat down and played it because one, uh, one of us really, really liked it. So you guys got to try this. We tried it out. And the thing we came, he ended up actually not even finishing it. The thing about that is like, I think the game is intriguing is the perfect word for like one to three hours. And after that, if you're not stuck with it by the it's done. Like I just yeah. looked up the ending and what you have to do to beat the game is I never would have got there. I, I didn't enjoy it enough to try to get there. <laughs> but it is very intriguing. When you first start, you're like, man, this is, world's really cool. This thing's, there's mystery everywhere. But then you get to that point where it's like, I don't, what am I actually supposed to do? And then your 20 minutes is up. And it's like, mm. yep, that's how I felt anyways. That's exactly how I felt too. I was, okay. I, I know now that I don't have to finish this. I can put that away. And now I'm very excited. I almost had time to start it today. But then I forgot they were celebrating my dad's birthday. And I had to FaceTime into my dad's birthday and tell him I love him and watch him open presents. <laughs> No, he's great. I love him. Happy birthday, Dad. Um, but even though it's tomorrow, wasted my Sunday because his birthday is actually tomorrow. Anyway, um, so I'm going to pick up the Surge 2. <laughs> and I'm going to play through the Surge 2, and I can't freaking wait. And then while I'm home, I'll play on my Switch, Donut County, and Pokemon. That's it. That's all I played this week. All right. I uh, played a few things this week. Um, for game night, since I didn't play Anthem, I played Sea of Thieves with Dallas. And that game is... A great, so like coming off of Destiny, which is very intense and action packed, it was a nice change of pace just to sail and go get treasure. I found it really enjoyable, and I th- would like to do it with everyone else in the game night if everyone else is up for that. I think Dallas and I had a good time with it. Can I tell um, you? Sorry, it's a very one small game. thing about that. One thing yeah. I love about Destiny 2 and what they did with the free to play is that they've made. So much content immediately available to everyone. You can jump into this game and do so many things right off the bat. And that's part of what I felt restricted with Anthem. I was like, I can only do like these three quests and I don't know what the fuck to do. And then Sea of Thieves. You're like, yeah, you can just jump in and you can just go sail and find treasure. It's like, no, it's great. Continue. Uh, Dallas has said there's a lot more content now. Um, I, I'm not sure what, how to compare it, but I, I can see this being a gameplay loop that can be kind of fun where you're essentially getting a treasure map, finding the shape of that island on the big world map, and then sailing there. And the sailing, I thought, was actually just kind of fun. And... (laughs) 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 Sorry, we can't not call that out now that we've typed it and we've laughed. (laughs) Adam was trying to kill a spider and he's freaking out looking behind him all the time. We're sitting here talking and this black spider is behind me and I swatted it, but I didn't crush him and he's gone and i'm really (laughs) oh he's terrified now he's running away the spider he's like that guy tried to hit me i'm not dealing with this you fucking better anyway he's going to get his friends (laughs) um so you then find that uh on the treasure map you get the island and then you can find that island shape on the world map you sail there oh the sailing that's where it was um Sailing's kind of fun, because the waves in the ocean, first of all, just look unbelievably good. And it 
acts very realistically where the wave can actually change the course of the ship a little bit. So you do have to kind of keep an eye on uh, steering the ship and making sure you're kind of staying the course. It really does rely on everyone talking to each other because the sails kind of get in the way when you're uh, on um, when you're uh, on the steering wheel. It's not called a steering wheel. There's no name for it. The boat wheel. The captain's boat wheel. wheel. The ship wheel. I don't the know. Captain's. What's we're just gonna call it the captain's. It's wheel. a steering like wheel, isn't it? Wheel. It's. I don't. I think there's a different name for it. Um. Anyway, so the point is, is that. I can see where it's fun to kind of communicate with your friends and try to find the treasure together. We didn't really get into too much combat, so I can't speak to that. We did run into the Kraken, though, and when there's only mm. two people on a ship, that Kraken kicks our ass. We were done. But it was a lot oh, yeah. of fun. I, I liked it. And I'd like to have like a large group of people <laughs> playing it um, as well. It could be a good time. So I, I like to see if Thieves. It is a steering wheel, I also by the way. Played, is it called steering wheel? Okay. Yeah. Also, one thing about Sea of Thieves that I didn't realize, Matt said that was his most played game in 2018. Really? Yeah. And he said he was all about it. So if we want to make that another game night on Xbox One. Then he'll be able to help us out a We've lot. We've got too. a ringer. Fraser. Yep. <laughs> We've yeah, got our Brendan is- Fraser helping us find the national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't no, that game is uh, super good when you have a full crew. I've played with a full, you know, four people. Uh, Galleon, I believe it's called. Yeah, the game's mm-hmm. awesome. And I have an Xbox now, and so it's on Game Pass, which is easy to get. Not a big deal. Um, speaking of Game Pass, Devil May Cry 5 is also on Game Pass. I started playing that a little bit. I got five chapters in or so. And I mentioned earlier in the year that I wanted to try playing this because I don't have a lot of experience in the action genre. Or the stylized action genre, at least. And it's fun, but it's not very challenging. Which makes me kind of want to play something else. It's kind of how I feel right now, where I, I'm surprised I'm doing as well when I feel like I'm as I am, but I'm, when I'm just mashing buttons, that I'm not really satisfied while playing it. But it controls really well. It looks unbelievably good. It's got a really cool soundtrack that really works with you know, to kind of build up energy. But kind of like that's where the energy is coming from in the game and not so much the gameplay itself so maybe I just need to keep playing it to start getting to more challenging uh, enemies in that game but right now it just it's kind of too easy to be enjoyable for me I might rank up the difficulty I don't know I was about to ask I don't but remember it, if it had a difficulty system I think it does there's something that asked me like if I was a human or a devil hunter ooh something like that sexy it sounds yeah. like a I think there's two options Tinder at the start. <laughs> yeah demon hunter <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's our Cosmo quiz next time. Are you a demon or a devil hunter? <laughs> uh, I also played a Resident Evil 2 because I wanted to kind of re-remind myself of that game. And then I had to tell myself, stop, Holden, you get it. It's an amazing game. Stop playing it. You have other things you have to play. <laughs> uh, God, that game's really good. And then last week, I, we talked about how I beat Jedi Fallen Order as well as Chad, uh, and I kind of played Sekiro because I found that those games were pretty similar to each other, and I wanted to play Sekiro, and I got wrapped up into playing Sekiro um, from the beginning all over again. Wait, did you ever and beat I, it the first time? No, I didn't. I didn't beat it the first time. You just restarted it? And, yeah, I mean, I could have just started from where I was in that game because the game is so skill-based. I'm like, there's no way I could beat that boss that I already couldn't beat when I was good at the game. Yeah. Let me get better at him and go back. And man, that game is hard. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> but it's really satisfying. It's incredibly satisfying to play. And I really would like to try to beat it for the end of the year. Oh, I'm good not luck. 100% certain I can do it. 
but I really want to try. Be control, I, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, so here's the thing I'm battling with. Sekiro is one of the best games I've played this year, easily, and it would be a Game of the Year contender, but I haven't beaten it, and it feels weird to put a game that I on that list that I haven't beaten. Well, then don't Even put it though on the list. it's one of the most memorable games of this year for me. So I'm caught. I'm caught, caught like a rat! But I'm playing it. I'm enjoying it again. It's great. It's good stuff. All right. Moving on to our quest log. Starting off with the fetch quests this week. First off, the next Outlast game is a co-op survival. This is from Hyron Cryer at Eurogamer. It'll support up to four players. It's called The Outlast Trials. and It'll take place in Soviet Russia during the Cold War. Still in early development. I wish they were more specific in Cold War because it's like a... 40-year time span. <laughs> so I don't know like, <laughs> where exactly it takes place, but I get the guy concept. That's cool. Valve I could Index be into is that. VR. Yeah, I, we have... Is one of them on Game Pass right now? One of them was on PlayStation Plus. I think last month, Outlast 2 was on PlayStation Plus. Maybe and I think game. they've been on Games with Gold at one point, because I own one for sure. Yeah. Okay. And I did not buy it. So yeah. Outlast One was also PlayStation <laughs> Plus like three years ago or something like that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Valve's Index VR hardware on back order in the U.S. quote due to recent high demand. Matthew Olson at US Gamer. Uh, obviously, that's because ha- uh, Half Life Alex. Yep. <laughs> I forget is is that's not exclusive to the Index. Like you can play that with other headsets, no, right? No, it's not. Okay. Yeah, other headsets will work with that's it. Just yeah, but like it comes the best for, headset for, to play. Yeah, it also comes for free with the headset. If you bought a Valve Index or you buy one in the future, it comes with it. Uh, Star Citizen has raised $251 million in funding, according to Alex Calvin at PC Game Insider. That was $50 million of that was just this year alone, which is crazy. Um, When will that come out? Yeah, let me stop you real quick. I heard about Star Citizen, like, I started my job about six or seven years ago. I was listening to podcasts then about the Kickstarter when I started working. What is up with this game? Is this a real thing? (laughs) Yeah, it's a real thing. It's still happening, I guess. Um, There's there's two games now. So there's Star Citizen and there's uh, something Squad, Squad 42 or something like that. And it's a single-player game in that universe that has a bunch of A-list actors in it like Mark Hamill... Gary Oldman, um, who's the woman from um, X-Files? She's in it. It has a, a surprisingly good cast. I'm forgetting some people that surprised me as well. Um, but yeah, they've been raking in money. There's been some controversy around them charging for ships in the game at like $1,000 per ship. And I guess people are doing it. That's how they're raising $50 million. It's ridiculous. So it's happening. I don't know what's going on there, though. The Avengers um, had a budget of $220 million. The Avengers. Marvel's first Avengers movie. And this thing has raised $251 million. That's insane. <laughs> Nintendo sold over 800,000 Switches over Thanksgiving week in the U.S. Andrew Smith at IGN. That's the highest sales within a week Woo! for Nintendo Switch. Good job. I'm sure Switch Lite had a big part of that, too, because it was on sale. Oh, I can't wait Nintendo. for a good color of the Switch Lite. I'm going to get it so hard. I, I want a Midnight Purple real bad. Super Mario Maker 2 adds Link as a playable character. Uh, this is when you use the Master Sword power-up. Uh, sorry, that's uh, Brian Shea, Game Informer. This is when you use the Master Sword power-up, which is only in the Mario Bros. 1 theme, which is, I thought was interesting. You want to know something funny? 
weeks no. ago, I was thinking I about the instruction manual segment, and I was like, <laughs> remember Anthem? And I was like, what could I put in front of Anthem instead of Anthem? And I thought, oh, Super Mario Maker 2, because no one talks about that game anymore. But this is a cool little twist. It so, is. Like, and you can do, like, not just, like, oh, you're playing as a skin of Link, but, like, you have the down thrust attack with the sword and... Mm-hmm. Bombs and all that. And, yeah. Bow and arrow, all that. Bombs. Yeah. There's a lot to it. Uh, Sony schedules a final state of play for 2019, but still won't talk about the PS5. That's from Ooh. Matthew Olson at US Gamer. It's going to be December 10th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Any predictions you got? I think this is going to be a big one. I think Resident Evil 3 might actually be here. It was leaked by a PSN listing. 100%. And it's been teased for so long. It's just it's it feels right because it's not going to be the Game Awards. Jeff Keighley said it's not going to be the Game Awards. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I think that's going to be the big surprise. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, oh my god, I can't wait for that. Only thing I want is more Ghost of Tsushima because that is yeah, the only I, PlayStation I, game. Not the only yeah. one I care about. That's the one I care about the most. <laughs> I'm desperate for more information on that. We're ready for it too. It's been a while. I think oh, the last soul was was E3 last year. No, there was something this year. There was a there was a demo this year where we actually saw gameplay. Where was that? That was E three. I feel like E3. yeah, that was, that was the, this the year, weird E three with the with the stage no, that rotated or whatever. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it was. it was. It was. Yeah, I might what? be wrong. But the last time I saw that. it. No, yeah. that's when they revealed it, right? I think, but I think that's the last time we saw it. No, I'll look it up. Yeah, you look it up. I'm curious because that's the only thing I can think that they've shown off of that game. But I also might be wrong because it's not a game I've been following very closely. You can continue talking. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll last in one. I find it. Okay. The last one on the Fetch Quest is Project Scarlet Next Xbox already being used by Microsoft's Phil Spencer. It's from Jenny Latta at Silicon Era. That's cool. Yeah. I want one in my home. Hey, I was Phil Spencer. Hey, yo, girl. Phil Spencer. You want to hook me up with a Scarlet? <laughs> moving on to the third party quest log we have two major stories which are basically both about award shows or a, a game conference i should say which is the game awards and we'll also talk about e3 after that so first off the game awards has around 10 new games and projects to reveal this is a story from Al- uh, eric van allen at us gamer so there's a reddit ama with jeff Keeley uh where he did confirm there's gonna be 10 new games um at the um at the show and he specifically said those are Games that have not been shown off in any capacity before, like we have not seen anything of them, and it hasn't been leaked before, so I think there's going to be some pretty surprising announcements. He also mentioned, too, that there's more new content than there is games we have seen before, which that seems new. It seems like mostly was updates on games we had before last year than it was new reveals, so that's exciting to see. Um Again, he already mentioned that Resident Evil 3 is not going to be at the show. Um, so I read By the, the way, fa- you're totally right the f- about get Ghost of Tsushima. It was E3 2018. Hmm. God, that was so long ago. We're due. We're due for an update. Um, the full Ask Me Anything on Reddit had some more interesting things I wanted to point out as well. Yeah. Someone asked him about the future of the Game Awards. And Keeley said that he was considering expanding the awards, maybe doing something for 2020 with the 50th anniversary of the games, and maybe also like delving at awards for Game of the Decade and not just Game of the Year as we, as we get to like the end of the next decade. Probably, definitely not next week, but you 
things will change. Um, he's also asked later on about changing venues, and he was interested in pursuing an Olympic model where, like, each year it's at a different location, like having game awards in Tokyo or something like that. I think that'd be that'd be a really cool way to do it. The theme this year is games come alive. Which has it always had him, a theme every year? I don't know, but he says that the theme this time basically means that games are now a major part of our culture. They've come alive within our culture. It's not a niche nerdy thing, and you know, here we are. We're huge. No, what it actually he, is is the whole theater is a VR headset, and they come alive, <laughs> and everyone has to shoot everyone. The next game awards is the new Ryan Reynolds movie that just showed off, where he's a video game NPC. It comes alive. That's what's going to happen. In the real That's world. it. Yep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Keighley was asked about documentary showing the behind the scenes of the Game Awards, but he considers the process too intense and stressful uh, for the cameras to be around all the time. So <laughs> he just says a lot of bad words backstage. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, that, imagine saying, hey, we want to have your game debut at our show. Oh, we're going to have cameras surrounding our conversation of us talking about half-life alex like showing up and that now leaks months in advance of the trailer coming out so i think there's gonna yeah they wouldn't want to risk that um was the last one here when asked about the future of the game awards jeff had some interesting announcements in terms of where the show goes in the future next week we'll be announcing a big new concept that is the future of where i want to take not only the game awards but events like e3 too it's a project that's going to take a few years to realize but it's one of my next big challenges to take on it's a brand new concept and something i'm really passionate about it's going to involve all of you around the world i can't wait to share it that's one that surprised me i haven't seen that reported anywhere but that was just like in the ama buried pretty deep in there have you guys seen that anywhere? It's no. like a pretty big announcement. I mean, there's. I don't know if it had anything to do with him, but there was the leaked presentation deck about how executives wanted to change E3 this coming year. I don't know if that mm-hmm. has anything to do with his plans that he's talking about, but um, no. I'm really interested to see what he says. Yeah, because he's definitely done a lot for the Game Awards. And I'm curious what he would do something for like an E3-like show. So that's kind of cool. I wonder if there'll be like more of an official presence. You know, like uh, what was the opening night live that happened this year that he put on for the first time for uh, mm-hmm. what conference was that? Was that Tokyo Game Show? Was that TGS? I think it was TGS. Yeah, that's where they showed the, uh, the Death Stranding footage. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe yeah. it's like making more of an official thing around E3. I don't know. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Like having official um, award shows and things like that too. I don't know. Dude loves his awards. He does. So, the, the, I think one of the big important things I mentioned at the beginning there though is the ten new games. Do you guys have any ideas of what those games could be? Well, interesting that it says games and projects. I don't know mm-hmm. what projects could mean, unless it's like what like there was the Project Gotham Racing maybe that's what it is Project Gotham Racing yeah. 7 mm-hmm. or whatever they're on now uh, unless it's things like uh, the Hellblade developer talking about their mental health initiative that they're working mm-hmm. on over the next few years maybe that's what they mean by a project possibly yeah I have no idea or whether it's just like project could be DLC even if it's not a game Project's weird to put in there because, like, I think, well, what would Nintendo do as a project? I'm like, well, announce the premium Nintendo Switch Online service, which would be really odd to announce that at the Game Awards. Like, what what could that be? I have no I have no clue. Well, 
last year they announced Joker, right? The DLC character for Smash Bros. Maybe they we did, see yeah. maybe we see like whoever the fifth fighter is, whoever the or maybe they announce whatever however many fighters will be in the next pass or who's going to be in that. Nintendo's going to do big things for sure. I huh. would be not very surprised to see Breath of the Wild 2 there. Or I wouldn't be surprised. Eight of the ten projects are fan-made Warframe trailers. <laughs> oh. yep. They will have a special announcement at the Game Awards uh, Warframe yep. about that. So Warframe that, and Game Awards it. go together like <laughs> lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> here's, here's a good one, because I got this brought up to me um, maybe about a month ago, when Bluepoint was making a bunch of weird tweets about remaking, I think it was like Legend of Dragoon and... Demon Souls is what they were seen to be hinting at. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're getting a Blue Point remaster of something crazy like that. Do you think because they've tied themselves so much now to like their big project being on PS5 with that Wired article, do you think that we're going to see an announcement about next gen Blue Point at a Game Awards? Maybe a big announcement. Yeah. God, can I, I you imagine think- how good a, a PS5 level Demon Souls would look? Oh, it would look insane. Oh God, I want it. I'm just trying to think because I don't I know. Sony would want the It's hard to know of- who's doing stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing too. Um, I think when it comes to like seeing PS5 gameplay footage for the first time, Sony would want to hold that off for yeah. when they show off the PS5, but. Now that you say it, saying, hey, Blue Point, working on Demon Souls, and it's just the title. Like how they did it with like Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. It was, they just said Shadows Die uh, Twice, and they just That was left Game it Awards, there. wasn't it? That was Game Awards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought it was uh, Tenchu or Bloodborne 2. Everyone's like, it's gotta be, it looks like a trick weapon. Or, and then everyone's like, no, look at the symbols, yep. it's Tenchu. Like, <laughs> and it was fuck way you different all, than it's all Sekiro. That. <laughs> well, not by Tenchu, but way different than Bloodborne 2 would be. I can see them doing like a, hey, this game will be a PS5 game, but we're not showing it to you yet. We're going to hold that off. CG trailer and the title screen. Yeah, you could do that. You yeah. know what I would love? I would love like a first real look at the George Railroad Martin game. What is that oh, called? Elden Ring? Yes. Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Yes. Yeah. What if we see that there? So, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. So, Jeff Keighley in the AMA was pretty good about like saying, hey, like um, nothing's been leaked. Uh, or like Resident Evil 3 won't be there. Like he called some things out, it's like not going to be there, but tons of people were asking him about Elden Ring. Tons of people never mm, once did he mention or respond yeah. to anything Elden Ring mm. related. Yo, like we're about to get some at. Elden Ring! <laughs> but I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for Breath of the Wild 2. I think there might be something. If it's coming in 2020, what a, what a bombshell to drop at the Game Awards. Yeah. Breath of the Wild has a history at the Game Awards. They've shown off in in twenty fifteen or sorry in twenty fourteen when they were still maintaining that Breath of the Wild would be coming out in twenty fifteen. Didn't even have a name yet. They showed off footage there. They showed off a, a new trailer at the Game Awards in twenty sixteen before it came out. They next year they had the DLC coming out tonight uh, mm, yeah. at the Game Awards announcement. So I feel like if it's if it is coming out next year, which I've talked about, I think you agree with me on that too, Chad. There's a good chance it can come out next year. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not a, a Game Awards reveal for that? It's just just not even anything huge. Just 2020. That's all they have to do. 
It could be the cheapest trailer ever made. Breath of the Wild and like scribble in two because they <laughs> used the same logo and then just say 2020 and people would lose their shit. So it's possible. Yep. I mean, yeah, with that history, I, that's just, I would just safe bet. Like, yeah. What if we just get all the yeah. Nintendo reveals? Metro Prime Trilogy, Metro, Metro Prime 4, 4, but I don't think that game's four years away. You or get Bayonetta 3. They also announced Bayonetta 4 at the same time. <laughs> I'm so mad. I love Bayonetta. They had the audacity to announce that game and release another game before they. I'm like, all right, y'all. I'm, I can't stand you. <laughs> yep. Before we leave Game they, Awards. Yeah. Unless you've got something else to say about Game Awards. I was just going to say Bayonetta in that case. Um, they've said it's still going well with the update. Somewhat after Metro Prime 4 got delayed. People were asking the creator of Bayonetta, like, hey, how, what's going on with Bayonetta 3? He's like, it's going great. Development's going awesome. So as far as we know, still chipping away. Before we leave Game Awards, I want to mention that Game Awards falls during game night this week. It's happening at the same time. So instead of playing games, if you are a patron, patreon.com slash respawnamefire, we're going to figure out a way to watch live with everyone. Uh, so maybe we're all in the same Twitch chat. Maybe we're all in a Skype and we're all watching it together. Maybe we can figure out something with Mixer now that you have an Xbox. I don't know. But stay tuned to our Patreon to figure out how you can watch with us and have fun. So, uh, the next thing here is a report from the PR firm Evolve. Alex Calvin, a PC Game Insider, um, uh, wrote an article about it. The article basically talks about how much coverage has been at E3 and how it's dipped in the past few years. Uh, the gist of it is essentially that in from 2016 to 2017, numbers are going up. Um, 600 increase from 2016 to 2017, but then it dropped by 400 in 2018. Um, sorry, it dropped by uh, 1400 in 2018, and it's only increased a little bit since. So basically, the coverage uh, of articles at E3 has dropped. There hasn't been as much to talk about. Maybe there's a lot of reasons why this could be. I thought this was interesting, kind of in light of a lot of the conversation about E3 losing its relevance. And this is kind of like the data point that says, yeah, the relevance is slipping because people aren't talking about what's happening at those uh, award shows as often. Um, they specifically cite it's been down 40% for, since 2017. Uh, um, some more information to report I think I thought was interesting, just to kind of throw in there. YouTube and Twitch creators used to be the majority of influencers that were present. So not like IGN, but like individual personalities who make content online. Mm-hmm. YouTube and Twitch were the primary uh types of influencers present 2019 mixer took over but not only took over they doubled switch uh twitch's representation which is pretty huge i'm i'm curious how much of that when did ninja get brought on to Mixer? oh that was like after three months ago or something yeah it was afterwards okay so this is even before that so imagine now what that's looking like i thought that was interesting uh the three most covered games v3 2019 were cyberpunk 2077 final fantasy 7 remake and watchdogs legions one and two didn't surprise me surprise watchdog legions was the third most covered game really you remember that yeah e3 it was big at e3 that was like the only other game that had a decent showing i guess i guess yeah yeah i all right, yeah. So uh, and then the coverage drop off is more prominent with traditional media than with influencers, although both are technically down. Um, curious what you guys' thoughts on this are. If you, you have any ideas why it could be happening, I don't know whether this has any direct causation, but there is a correlation that the biggest dip, where it dropped by almost half in 2018, was the first year that they allowed the public to attend. And it might have been like media saying, oh, oh my God, this place is already a clusterfuck if you're going to allow in. T- 10,000 people from the public to be in this as well. We're just going to cover it from afar. 
That's interesting. Interesting. Because I know I that's always been a conversation. It's just how much of a headache actually being at E3 and how you never actually get to play mm-hmm. more than like two games a day because of how overcrowded it is. So maybe, yeah. maybe that's part of the problem. I think another part of it too, and it doesn't entirely explain this. This is a huge, it's a huge drop off. Is that we're kind of at that end of the cycle now, where even Sony's like, now nah, we don't got anything to talk about. We're not even going to show up. So there's just, there's just been less things to discuss. The fact that 2019 was bigger than 2018 and Sony wasn't even present this year, this probably would have been an even bigger increase if Sony decided to say anything at, yeah. at E3 at all. So I think a big part of it is, it's like when console sales were dropping, or uh, not console sales dropping, um, yeah, I guess it was console sales were dropping towards the end of the 360 PS3 life cycle, and everyone's like, oh, it's because consoles are doomed and they're dead. It's like, no, it's the end of the cycle. Like, wait until there's next-gen content that people can talk about in regards to E3. That will develop the headlines. There'll be stories worth talking about. I think it kind of comes down to there's just not a lot to really discuss. Yep. 100%. Yep. And looking at this, it was said written content's down 40%. Yeah, that's just more influencers and people just doing video, right? Yeah, 100%. I know overall more video is down, but like, who, who, reads, who reads anymore? How do you read? Come on now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Where are you getting Let's this information about written content? I don't see that on a video anywhere playing right now. <laughs> uh, the wife yeah. of once said that you can't, somebody, you can't get what you get from a book from a television faster. Ugh, fuck, what was the line? There's nothing you can get from a, a book you can't get from a TV faster. That's the line. Yep, yep. And it's true today. Thanks, Anna DeVito. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think these numbers, I think it's true. I think E3 is less and less relevant. But next year with new consoles coming out, it's going to jump for just based on the new console cycle. And then it'll go back to where it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, like for real, like you just listen to an influencer watch a youtube video and they'll break it down for you You don't have to watch anymore you just like where's the shit i care about i watch three videos i'm done with e3 (laughs) yeah and these numbers are definitely going to grow by at least two because we'll be there next year so (laughs) (laughs) i think another big part of it too is that i mean obviously nintendo is switched off with uh of doing presentations at e3 they do nintendo directs now um but Microsoft is now spreading their announcements across the year. Sony's now going to be spreading their announcements across the year with their own state of play events. There's just more announcements happening throughout the year that you don't have to have this concentration of of media that could distract from, you know, uh, from certain games you want to highlight because they're putting it all into one week. Yep. So Jeff Keighley, save us now. <laughs> Woo! That guy's name is spelled so weird, but it's cool. Geoff <laughs> Kegelai. I like that. <laughs> 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 Moving on to the Microsoft Quest log. First article here is, is Control coming to Xbox Game Pass? <gasps> it's complicated. Nicole Carpenter, Polygon. So, <laughs> this is funny. So, during a charity stream with Extra Life, Phil Spencer uh, let it slip that he was, quote, glad to see Control get added to Game Pass, considering it didn't reach enough people. End quote on Control. By the way. He didn't say that paraphrasing at the end there. So he did mention Game Pass, and then Respawn, sorry, Respawn, Remedy and Microsoft both threw these statements, debunking the claim and saying that there are no plans to announce control on um, being added to Game Pass. They both said, quote, at this time. Yep. This is 100%. We've had conversations. It's coming to Game Pass probably in, like, early 2020, but we're coming up on Game Awards. It's nominated. We want to sell copies of it. People are wanting to play it at the end of the year. 
and Game Awards sales happening on all the platforms all the time. So they want people to buy it as much as they can before they let everyone know. By the way, it's coming for free on Game Pass very soon. That's exactly what this is. It also could be that they're going to announce at the Game Awards. And Microsoft just gave a bunch of money to Remedy to let it happen. There you go. That could be a thing. They want to save it for that, too. Although, Jeff Keighley said nothing's leaked yet, so... That's true. That's true. I actually don't Hmm. know if this story is after that. This might have been after. I'm pretty sure it was. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to believe somebody, I think Phil Spencer is the guy to take his word for what's going to happen <laughs> on the Xbox. Yeah, um, I know. I would think that it would be cool for Game Awards to have, you know, I'm sure a controller winner award or whatever, show maybe a trailer for DLC, and then it's coming to Game Pass. So, like, play this game that just won this award and it has DLC, go buy the DLC. I <laughs> yeah. can see there being a whole big marketing thing here. They do have some kind of DLC coming out this month, too. I don't remember what it is, but they have, like, three, like, a wave rollout of, like, three things. Yeah, it was after by like a day, so it could. could well, it could be, could be interesting. And then also, uh, change of narrative for uh, rumors on Scarlet. Sources say that uh, from this is from Jason Shire Kutaku, so his sources means a little bit more than most people. Sources: Microsoft is still planning a cheaper, discless next gen Xbox. Like the previous rumors have suggested, Lockhart will be a successor to the Xbox One S and Anaconda. The more powerful console will follow the Xbox One X. Both will still feature the same improved SSDs. Lockhart will be digital only, and they're shooting for 1440p game output compared to 4K on the Anaconda. But both will run at 60 frames per second. So this has been kind of flip-flopping back, flip-flopping back and forth in terms of rumors. It's happening, it's not happening. Jason Schreier is now saying it is happening. That's interesting that... I have three thoughts. One, anytime I see the word discless, I still in my head say, don't say dickless, don't say dickless. <laughs> Two, <laughs> interesting that they're only shooting for 1440p. That's like 2K. And, like... PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, which will be, at the time, last-gen consoles, can already do better than that. So it's, like, not much upgraded over the Xbox One S Digital Edition, aside from 60 frames for everything. And then I'm thinking, number three, what price does this come in at? If it's just slightly more powerful than an Xbox One S, but it has the SSD in it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited to see that it's still there, but I, I have no idea where this is going to fall in terms of like the lineup. Like, especially if they keep Xbox One X around, and then this—is this cheaper or, or more expensive than the X? And is that? I don't know. I'm thinking if this is a cheaper version, maybe it's going to be four ninety nine for the Anaconda, two ninety nine. Like it kind of is now priced two hundred dollar difference. Fourteen forty P would be an improvement if you consider the graphics are going to be increasing as well. So it'll be better quality graphics and textures and all that kind of stuff and at a higher resolution. So that would be a good enough bump where it actually probably is more powerful than a Xbox One X. Actually, it it would have to be. So it definitely would be a step up. I'm just curious how they justify this and say if if games have to run on both, which one do they push as the primary Xbox is that the anaconda the 4k one or is that like the premium version and this is a cheaper option or is that the main option and the the anaconda is just like a premium upgrade you can get if you want to but everything's still gonna work right there i'm curious how that's gonna play out uh, i mean if we look now but it like, makes sense 
I mean, everything runs on everything, but the X is like it always has its like improve like enhanced for X. Like I think the the yeah. expensive ones will be what they push for. Um, is that native? Because native 2K would be better what they do now. Because I might be wrong, but don't they just upscale on the lower model machines now to 4K? The Xbox on One the... S does not do 4K at all. Yeah. Well, what about the Pro? The PS4 Pro. PS4 I know Pro. That on upscales. some things it's native. Some things it's checkerboarded. Interesting. Usually it's like indie titles or things that are not as demanding that are native 4K. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm with. It's just going to be a cheaper option for people who don't feel that they need the full big box. I'm, I, I feel like you shouldn't do this at launch. I feel this is like a year later, a year and a half later thing. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, just to not make mm-hmm. it confusing. But Maybe in I mean, lieu of a slim, this is something you come out with. Yeah, like this is this is your slim, is the discless, a little bit less powerful, but it's still better than anything we've had before, besides, you know, our main box. Uh, but I'm not a marketing dude. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> when thinking about and when... You're looking back at how game consoles have been revealed in the past. It'll be like, hey, look at these new graphics. Look how gorgeous they look because of the power of our new console. Are they going to be like, hey, here's these graphics. Look really good. But wait, here's another thing. They look even better. Are they going to go like up? Or are they going to show the, the Anaconda off first and then say, oh, and we have a shittier version of this that you can also get too? And just It'll be like gloss X, over it. where they only show, everything is shown on Xbox One X. They don't show anything on the S. <laughs> yep. Not at all. They're like, but just then, look at this. You know, when they revealed both of those, though, like everyone thought you're going to reveal both of these even though the x is not coming for another year and a half you're still going to reveal this but then the s sold like crazy right after that really good yeah yeah like why would people buy everyone's thinking why would people buy this knowing there's a better one coming next year like they don't care they they wanted the s so i yeah there's definitely a reason and a market for it but i just i don't know how they're going to fit it in well here's (laughs) what i can tell you work because when i was younger i worked at gamestop your hundred ninety percent of your customers is my kid bitched and wanted a new thing that's cheaper. Let me get that. Ninety percent of your cut. You get your hardcore people who are like, <laughs> I want this. I pre-ordered it, and then mom's like, he wants to play two K. What's cheapest for me to let him play two K? And that that is most of your consumer base. So, well, we have a box right here that will play things in two K. <laughs> that's crazy. She's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Give me it because it's cheaper. <laughs> like straight up. I like that this is also discless. I would get that one just because it's discless. I like that idea a lot. I'm liking my Xbox and have a, a a disc drive. It for this is in my stupid little head. It feels like it's the future now because I have a console that doesn't have a disc to put in it. It's kind of exciting for me in a really like nerdy dorky way. I had a little bit of a heart attack whenever I was like, <gasps> my 4K Blu-ray collection. What do I do now? <laughs> but <laughs> PS4 or PS5 will still have a disc drive. I'm sure they won't make the idiot decision to cut Blu-ray player out of that. So they're talking about doing two models too. And this might be a really smart way. So like, it's really tough for these companies to just remove a disc from their consoles even though they know they'll make more money by doing digital only because they have those partnerships and relationships with GameStop it'd be a really good way of saying it wasn't our choice if you just put out two consoles one doesn't have it one does have the disk drive and let the market decide for you and they know a lot of people might not even go for the disk option I mean maybe who knows but It'd be a really funny way to say, hey, the disc list sold more, so next time around, we're just going to go and screw discs. We're not going to do it anymore. Sorry, GameStop. We don't have to support yep. you anymore. It's up to the market. It wasn't Sony's choice. It wasn't Microsoft's choice. It was the market. Can I tell you also, I had Anthem on physical because it was $5 on Amazon Prime. 
Um, so I had it physical and I put it in. And the first time I booted up my PS4, PS4 with it in there and I heard the disc spinning around inside of it, I was like, oh, I haven't heard that noise in a long time. I hate it. <laughs> Get it out of there. <laughs> so maybe digital's the way to go. Yeah. Do you know what console did not have any discs in it? The Atari VCS. <laughs> that. But also the Vita, which is apparently no longer a business that Sony wants to be involved in officially uh, now. This is uh, from Logan Moore Dual Shockers. PlayStation's uh, Jim Ryan says Vita is a business that we're no longer in. Um, he says it was brilliant in many ways, but the actual gaming and the actual gaming experience was great. But it's something they just don't want to pursue any longer. So we've we've kind of known this is the case. Yeah, and now it's it's official. It's officially the case. Don't expect a Vita two. No, they've got their hands full with next gen and with PSVR, and they already announced years ago. First party support dropped, and then they stopped manufacturing them earlier this year too. It's like, yeah, that that's not it's not going to be a thing. And if anyone was hoping that yeah. PlayStation Five would have like a Switch type model variant, you know, that's not going to happen. It'd be so cool, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> nope. I would love it. Yeah, sad days. No other thoughts on that. You guys ready to move on to the main quest? Oh, I'm Betty Spaghetti ready. You Betty Spaghetti? All right. So our main quest is the most important stories of 2019. Adam, Chad, and myself have each brought what we think are the most important stories. And we're going to just share two each of what we thought were impactful for the industry going forward or whatever we deem is is important. Um, Adam, do you want to start us off? Yes, I will. Because I don't want anyone to take mine. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me, uh, I'll go to this one, right? The One of the most interesting th- things this year was, I guess you would call it the, the live streaming wars, not Netflix and Disney Plus and all that, of course, <laughs> but, you know, Mixer coming in strong, yeah. going after Ninja, going mm-hmm. after Shroud, like Twitch's biggest, you know, Dr. Disrespect constantly getting in trouble, and then I think he just got a TV show the other day I saw. In a yeah, I was article. listening to Games Daily today, and I heard that on I was like, what? Like, Facebook gaming's a thing that people watch? Somehow, those, I mean, well, it's Facebook, so they just push it in front of you without you wanting to watch it or not. But, um, <laughs> no one's I actually think, even watching it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just a bots, Russian bots watching it. Um, but no, it's just, I would never have thought in a million years that, like, there would be like free agent players in live streaming competition we're like we're signing your dude we're signing your guy we're taking this lady over here like (laughs) i know it's been a thing for a while but it's crazy to see how serious that these people are i mean after like his ninja's whole thing with drake i'm like this being a streamer can be a mainstream thing so yeah microsoft dumping that money on those guys to like make their brand a thing and like we said in the e3 trailer or in the e3 uh news part where mixer like doubled put twitches like output on e3 stuff like I, it's crazy to see i think yeah. it's just real cool i agree it's a surprise and i'm too also i go ahead chad nope you're you're going okay uh, i was surprising to me because i'm on youtube all the time and youtube is like my main you know video platform so i don't even really think about twitch and mixer so when all this was coming up i'm like man like i guess i didn't realize how big these platforms were they're they're gigantic now huge huge yeah. Yeah, that's definitely def- uh, wherever that takes us in the next. Here's a here's a question: Does PlayStation Five have integrated Mixer support? Even though it's Microsoft, yeah. Even though it's a Microsoft service, I think they'll try to stick with Twitch. 
and that's all they're gonna. I mean, all the biggest streamers are going over to Mixer right now. You think they're gonna abandon support for that? Well, I mean, because you can. They don't want to abandon support. You can just bypass and do it yourself. I think they'll just expect them. They know how to do oh. that, so they're not gonna block anybody. Because remember, PS4 launched with UStream support. I believe is what the that's right. Yeah, Twitch came later. Was. Yeah, so <laughs> I think they'll allow you to do it. But like with Xbox, you just press a button and you're streaming on Mixer. I don't think PlayStation is gonna do anything like that, of course, but. Um, yeah, that's also a crazy thing. Just press a button and you can stream whatever you're playing to the world. Like it's yeah. it's a like they build it into the consoles now. Insane. Uh, I've got a story that I think is maybe the most the top story of the decade, or at least the generation. And I think that's the Stadia reveal at GDC when they detailed what Stadia the service was. The game streaming, the fact that it's all of these more really powerful computers switching between things seamlessly, Google Assistant integration, all of these things that didn't actually end up becoming real, but would go on to define, I think, what the next five years of gaming will end up being trying to create that experience. I think that is huge, and that's the biggest jump I think we've seen in gaming technology in a very long time. The conversation throughout the year has also been just dominant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the flip side, another top story is Stadio yeah. stumbles and falls to his death. <laughs> but no, I think that reveal at GDC was huge. I remember coming out of that, like we were talking about on our on our recap of it, it was like this is this is the equivalent of Apple's iPhone announcement. Like there are things before Stadia and there are things after Stadia. That's what they said about except Anthem the, too. Except but, the payoff. Except the payoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the delivery, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. You, um, you know the crazy thing? I might have to interrupt you. No, no, no. Um, no go, go for it. Because I know Stadia had a tough launch or whatever. It is really cool technology. And the fact that it actually sort of works is crazy. But like for me, I got into the xCloud stuff. Um, and it works perfectly at the house. Of course, I'm on Wi-Fi. I'm not like running around with my 5G or whatever. But like I've seen it work. So I'm with you. I would love to see the next like two or three years where it's at. Because even when VR launched, I'm not a VR dude myself, but where VR was when it launched and where VR is now. But I think streaming will be to have bigger leaps than that. Like, I think I really think streaming could be like the next big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see when games don't have to be tied to a console and you make, you can make a game that's just for X cloud or just for stadia and it utilizes being on a cloud infrastructure. Like what kind of unique game experiences that are, we aren't thinking of could happen because of this. Interesting to you have something like very group bandersnatch. <laughs> Everyone can make choices on Netflix now. <laughs> I'm just thinking like you get that cheaper Xbox or the cheaper PlayStation model, and it doesn't matter because that you can get the extra power to make it. You know, like just stream the extra processing power, and it doesn't matter what box you have; it's going to look great because they're doing mm-hmm. it on the back end for you. So like your hardware doesn't even matter as much. Like that's a, I mean cuz if it works on my phone clearly you could put it through a machine that has a little bit of power and yep. make it even better. I would I, Again, I'm no streaming genius. Mm-hmm. I'm not a marketing guy or a streaming guy, <laughs> but I think <laughs> that's a really cool idea that uh, I think it could be going. Um my first story is just that Sony and Microsoft are talking next gen officially. Hasn't been a lot, but it's happening. It's real. We now know that 2020 is going to be the year of next gen, and that's been exciting. It's weird because Xbox One was announced within six months of its release date. PS4 was announced, I think, within like seven or eight months. And we have basically known about these consoles in an official capacity for well over a year before their launch. So it's kind of interesting. And it's kind of put this like 
it's been like a shadow over the year. I feel like everything this year is in the context of, oh, but like next-gen consoles are coming out next year. Right. Like, oh, they showed off Cyberpunk 2077? That's really cool. Is that going to have a version that's going to be on the PS5 <laughs> and the Xbox, too? Like, everything, I feel like, is there's just it's considered for next-gen. Everyone's thinking about next-gen. So that's definitely, I think, one of the big, big stories of, of the year. Yep. For sure. Seven years ago. Adam. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to go this one. This is kind of a broad... I don't you guys can take this however you want, but Activision Blizzard, <laughs> I guess just on the entire year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kinda. <laughs> That's been a yeah. crazy one. Uh you start with all those they let they're like best profits ever. We're laying off eight hundred people. All right, that's a thing. And then you have the whole <laughs> Hong Kong thing, and then yep. BlizzCon happens and everyone's like, Overwatch two and Diablo Four, we don't care about anything else. Like Blizzard's wild. I'm just <laughs> letting y'all know Activision Blizzard <laughs> is wild. Um, that that's just a January to December news cycle with just those two words that you can look on, and I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen so many ups and downs and crazy things happen with one company in a year. Yep, especially with the whole Blitzstrong situation that transcended being video game news. That was news. Period. Didn't yeah. even like video games for that. It's impactful. It's a big deal. Um. So my second one was going to be Blizzard and Blitzchung, but we've covered that. So I've got some backups, and I think Apex Legends. I think Apex yeah. Legends dropping out of nowhere, shadow drop, just like, hey, this is a thing now, and it explodes, catches on the first day. And I think why it's so significant is because, one, it's a quality game made by Respawn, Really, really great systems. Introduce a lot of cool things. Everyone's like, the pinging system, the pinging system. It's actually really cool. Uh, but it also wiped PUBG off the map. PUBG was always like, oh, I played this instead of Fortnite because it's more realistic. And Apex is like, cool, we're going to do that, but better now. And it's more realistic. And so I think that was a huge thing. It showed that there is room for another company to come and just what used to be... Two years ago, PUBG was the biggest fucking thing on the planet. And people were like, Microsoft is like, we've got it coming exclusively to Xbox. And that was like the big story that year. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, people used to play that. That's crazy. Apex Legends (laughs) came and eat their lunch. It's a big deal. Yep. And the fact that it had legs, like that people are still playing it like crazy. It grew so fast, too. It got like... Was it 25, 50 million players in a week or something ridiculous? Those, like that? that first month was in, was nonsense for Apex. It was yeah, yeah. insane. It's kind of crazy still that even though even if it falls off, all three of those um, battle royals, you know, Fortnite, PUBG, Apex, they still like crush everything else. Even a low point for PUBG crushes everything else. A low yeah. point for Fortnite, cru- like it's. And like you said, for them to, out of nowhere, here's another one of them, and it's right there with the rest of those guys. It's like, it's, yeah, I'm with you. Apex is a big deal. And the fact that that genre can exist, as it still does, is, and what are we going on, three years of, uh, of Battle Royal games at this yeah, point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's still a, bigger it's a genre in, a, it's in and of itself now. Yeah. It's a thing. It's legitimate. Um, for my too last legit, story. Too legit to quit. <laughs> My last story, this might seem small right now, but I do think this is going to be a big deal looking back, um, is some of the stuff that Microsoft has done with selling consoles. Xbox Game, uh, Xbox uh, All Access is now like an official program. 
it's not like a, a trial they're doing. It's an official program where you can get a console on a subscription and then upgrade next year to the new console. That's a whole new way of buying consoles that I think is going to really possibly change the landscape. But also, discless consoles. Microsoft did it first. <laughs> Don't it's, say I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really big deal. And I think looking back, we'll see this is kind of like the first console that really dipped its toes in going in that direction and well didn't dip its toes. It just hundred percent did it. So it that I think that's a big deal and I think that they made some some big moves in terms of selling hardware, representing hardware that we'll see the fruits of in the next decade and see how it changes the market in the next decade. But I'm also a big digital person, so that's kind of how I feel about it because I'm a big I'm digital with you. person. Yeah. yeah. Digital only future. Power that's goes good. out and I'm fucked. <laughs> Um, I wanted to run through just stories we didn't talk about. Not to like have conversations about them, but just to like list it off because there's this year is insane. Mm-hmm. There's so much that happened this year. So just the things we didn't talk about. Metroid Prime 4 getting rebooted. The Sonic uh, character ba- a model backlash. <laughs> you have Oculus Quest, Death Stranding's release date, Kaz Harai retires. PSN, you can change your username. That's now a thing. Valve releases their own headset. Half-Life Returns. Final Fantasy VII uh, remake is, is like official and, and happening. Coming out in a few months. Sequel. Coming out in a few months, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch Lite. There's the Joy-Con Drift issue. PS4 crosses 100 million units in sales, and then 450 million units across all four PlayStation models, and they get the Guinness Book of World Records for the most consoles sold. Holy shit. Um, Sony and Microsoft partner on cloud infrastructure. Um, ra- there's going to be a Rabbids game that's specific to China. That's a big deal. We haven't that seen a, a game deal, made for, yeah. a, for a specific market. Um, PlayStation Productions, make, they're taking movies seriously. And on that note, mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu, kind of the first really big, successful, critically acclaimed uh, video game movie. That's an awesome uh, deal. Sony doesn't want to leave the house. They don't want to go to award shows anymore. They don't want to um, do uh, <laughs> conferences anymore. They've just been staying in. That was interesting. Apple Arcade's launch. Apple um, Arcade's Sony launch, fish- right? Sony officially supporting crossplay and... Fallout first. That I'm gonna add one more. Sure. The fuck did Sean yeah. Layden go? Oh, I have that on here. I just didn't, <laughs> I, I missed it. Yeah, Sean Layden. I just so tweeted like two hours year. ago. I was like, I haven't forget. I haven't forgotten that no one's mentioned anything about Sean Layden in three Sean months. Layden. Yeah, it's been since September. It's crazy. I got another one real quick. Uh, Epic Epic Store versus Steam. I know that kind of started. Oh in yeah, the last oh, yeah. But like oh, Ubisoft yeah. exclusive to Epic, and then Microsoft and EA are like, we're going back to Steam. Mm-hmm. Like what? I mean, I'm not really a PC dude, but like that's when Microsoft's like, yo, Halo on Steam, have fun. When EA's like, everything on Steam, we're done with Origin, have fun with this. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then Epic's just buying people up, and people like that's that's crazy. That because Steam was the only ones who had the ball in the, in the court, and then everyone's like, I guess we'll have our stores. And everyone's like, pick a, pick a dog in the fight, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Absolutely. The landscape is changing. Well, all right. It's the time where Chad and I shut the fuck up because we're so <laughs> fucking humble. Adam, you have a segment, or something you want to talk about. If you don't, it's fine. You were uncertain before, but if you have something... The floor is yours. Oh, uh, God, what did we bring up before we started recording? Because now I feel like an idiot because I'm unprepared. Because I did barf. have something I wanted to. Yes, barf. First of all, favorite thing you guys do. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I guess, how do you guys, do, well, I can have an idea. 
what is your plans for that in the future? Like, is there certain things that, like, you guys, like, one of you specifically wants to cover that you really hope gets brought up? Like, how are you guys want to take that forward? Because, again, that's that's my favorite thing, dude. I, I love, you know, hear you guys talk about Undertale and just, like, everything. It's 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 awesome. So, like, what what's your process for that? And, like, what do you each individually specifically want to do next with that, I guess? I love it. It is one of my – sorry, I just want to I want to gush about it a little bit. It's It all started as like, hey, let's play old games that we should have played that we never played before. And so I think Super Metroid was the first one or something like that. But it was it's an excuse for me to Super play Metroid, things yeah. that I've always wanted to play that I was like, oh, one day I'll find the time to. But now I'm like, I have 30 days. I have to play this. And in all of that, Undertale is the only one that I never actually made it around to, even though I beat it previously. Um. But I love it because it forces me to do that, and I've experienced so many new things. Like, I discovered that I loved Metroidvanias a lot more than I thought I did because of Metroid Prime, or sorry, uh, Super Metroid and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I was like, holy shit, I've missed out on this entire franchise of Symphony of the Night and this entire genre my whole life because I didn't realize that these games were great and I should have given them a chance. Uh, so I love that it's there, but the the it started before we had patreon before we had like the size and as vocal of a community that we have right now it's just like what games do we want to play and let's go back and forth well, first it was like let's decide on some things together and then it's like let's just trade months and i'll pick a game and you pick a game and then it was when we were planning out our patreon we we're like what do we give people to support us how do we make our content more tailored to them so like, let's give them a chance to vote so right now the current system is for two months at a time. So I get two months and then holding us two months. We put out a poll and we say, hey, here are some games I would like to be on part of this. I want you guys to choose it. And we, the reason we did that is because, one, it ends up being a game that we want to play rather than just saying you guys get full control over what we play. Because if they chose something that's really, really awful, like I would never want to play Fire Emblem. <laughs> so, Or if they made us play Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> or Kingdom Hearts 2, yeah. So it's something that we want to play. But then we also... like give our community a reason to be invested. It's not like, oh God, I don't give a shit about blank game, but they're playing it and I guess I have to listen to it anyway. It was like, oh no, I had input in this. I want to play this along with them. So I get to vote on that and make that happen. Um, and then holding things changed up a little bit this winter. You want to talk about like we were going to do game in the year nominations and things and then that yeah, didn't work out. So we were thinking about doing it so that November and December were kind of games dedicated to things we hadn't played throughout the year that we want to consider for game of the year. But what ended up happening there is, is that if, like if I wanted to play death Stranding for the end of the year and we put that in the, the poll and it didn't get chosen. I feel like I, I might not have, I might have missed out in a game that I would have made my game of the year because I had to finish one game by the end of the month. So what we ended up doing was having bits of barf, which had been recommended to us by, I, be, I believe it was, uh, Dustin Eucalyptus Hill that recommended that to us. I think that was his idea. I think it was Alex, but then Dustin also rein- reinforced it. Okay. But it doesn't matter. We're just going to give credit where credit's due. We'll give credit to both of them. And we decided to do a small game for November, December. That way we could just focus on those really big games we did want to consider for the game of the year and not be bogged down by having Death Stranding mandatory beat it by the beginning of December or the end of December, whichever however it played out. So that worked out well. We did Undertale, obviously, and we're doing Donut County. Um, in terms of what we're going to do next year, 
Uh, we haven't really talked too much about what we want to do next year. I had some ideas that um, I hadn't gotten a chance to share with, with Chad yet. Um, but I do think since next year's kind of the end of the generation, personally, I would like to focus on games that I haven't gotten a chance to play this generation that I would like to con- just to play. Like, I, I have Hitman 2. I have not played Hitman 2 yet, and I really, really want to play that because I like Hitman 1 a lot. Hitman Season 1. Uh, so I'd like to kind of focus on that. Um, I want to put Majora's Mask in there too. Just I, I really want to play Majora's Mask. I, not, <laughs> I need an, I need an excuse to beat that game. Um, one thing for me too, though, that's I think really gonna uh, the habit of me that's gonna change game um, Barf. I think is that I have an Xbox now, which means that I can now play games that are on Xbox. There's and you now have pass, a lot so of Xbox games that you didn't have access to before. Exactly. So there's just it's a huge collection now. There's so much on Game Pass. Holy shit. Like that's that's I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of the games that we play next year for Barf are in Game Pass. I wouldn't be surprised. Um so I'm excited about that, but for me and I brought this up to Chad, Chad rightfully shut me down on this one. Rightfully. He's totally <laughs> in the right year. You know where I'm going with this. Um so Dallas um who texted me about doing Mass Effect 3 for Barf cuz I Never played Mass Effect 3, but Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games ever, and I have access to one on Game Pass, and I just bought 2 and 3 uh, recently. I've been playing that, and I'm like, why don't we just do... I'm like, Dallas, we won't just do 3. Well, let me ask Chad about doing the entire trilogy for for Barf. And yeah, exactly, Adam. <laughs> uh, so we're not going to do that, because as Chad put it out, it's too, too much game for even two months. Um, but maybe we'll do Mass Effect 3, and kind of going into some... 360 games that maybe I haven't got a chance to go back to in terms of games that I'm going to put out there. Um, I think that's where I'm at right now for, for Barf yeah. and Take It. Do you have any ideas, I think ultimately, Chad? I think ultimately what we, what we wanted to do and what we wanted to continue to develop is, and this goes across not all, not just Barf, but like the rest of our podcast and everything like that too. Like We love that we get enjoyment out of it, but I think for me, and I think I speak for Holden too, like what really makes it worth it is when we do see that other people are enjoying it as well so when we get people writing and saying oh my gosh i played near automata with you and this is my three paragraph review of it or i'm so glad to hear that you guys are playing undertale and this is amazing i can't wait to see what your reactions like when other people are excited about the games that we're playing that's what makes it worth it for me so the more input and the more feedback we can get from our community i think that's that's going to guide us where we go next that sounded like a very PR answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. Chad man. is the uh, head of HR at Responding Fire. <laughs> or, uh, PR at Responding Fire. And HR, which is great because HR. I'm the one who's going to be doing the sexual misconduct to Holden. <laughs> and I'm like, well, bring it to <laughs> HR, see what they it. say. Chad's <laughs> 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 like, Holden, why don't you bring this up sooner? Why don't you report to HR sooner? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to make y'all tell me what you guys were doing in the future. So I think I got a good answer out of you. Well, here's a here's a game that's coming up that I would like to play. We've played Bioshock 1 and 2. We have only got one left. Infinite, baby! Oh, okay. I was about to say Minerva's Den. Okay. Minerva's Den was part of Bioshock 2. We had to play those both in the same month. Mm. I'd listen to that. Why do I... No, I don't remember half the things <laughs> I did this morning, so I don't worry about it. <laughs> we're so offended. <laughs> but no um, you should do hitman 2 just letting you know best game of the generation yeah i really really want to check that out hitman oh, 1 shit. is so good i would say I really think... best game but it's good it's got all of hitman 1 redone it, like god it's got so much content it's so good mm. 
Yeah. What's that game company I again? I play that game. Who made that? IO Interactive. IO, I that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is it? And they're working on season three, apparently. Was that, I remember that right? I know they're doing something for Warner Brothers that's not Hitman, and I think they're also doing Hitman at the same time. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Where's that Harry Potter game? Oh, my God, I know. Sorry, I you said Warner game Brothers, Awards. and I'm like, oh, Dude, God, if that's a Game Awards, Awards thing, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I mean, the trailer was ready for oh. last year's Game Awards. Just re-release the trailer. Oh, or release man. The trailer. That's right. It was uh, it was right before last year's Game Awards that that leaked. Oh. Yeah. Fucking, uh, what is it? That uh, Warner Brothers Montreal, the Batman people. Batman. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever actually been Rocksteady. in development, but man, they are teasing something hardcore. No, not Rocksteady. The other people, they kept, the, they were teasing Quarter Owl stuff. Yeah. Montreal, who made um, Batman Arkham Origins. Origins, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know those guys. Yeah, some it was around. Uh, that was the like, the not Rockstar game that everybody was like, "This isn't Rockstar." Um, but yeah, they've been teasing Quarter Battles stuff like a month and a half ago. Or so. It was around Halloween, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Batman's anniversary. That's what That's it was right. around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patreon dot com slash Responding Fire. Come watch it with us and see me freak out live on stream <laughs> if they announce it. <laughs> Let's wrap up with Game Check. On Game Show, the Game On Our Game Show, where we play Game On, yeah. a game. We play on our game show. Game, 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 game. This week, we have a new <laughs> game. It's a game called Uh-oh. Mama Who Bore Me, named after the, <laughs> the hit musical Spring Awakening song, Mama Who Bore Me. I just farted as well. I hope that comes up on stream. <laughs> <laughs> so this game, I'm going to give you, a, I have a list of 11 characters. 11 classic, uh, I believe they're all Nintendo characters. And I want you guys to just take a stab at what game you think they debuted in. Mm, and we'll see okay. who can guess the most correctly. Right. Um, so which video game did these first appear in? I'm going to randomize them by picking up and down the list. So no official like technical randomization. But uh, some of them are a little bit easier. Some of them might be a little bit harder and stump you. Well, I'm just curious to see what you guys got. We're going to start with... Wario. What game did Wario first appear in? I can't remember if Mario Kart came out first or Wario Land came out first. I don't think there was anything on NES Wario related. And was he even in Mario Kart? He wasn't in Mario Kart. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not going to look at anything. You can't look at your phone, you cheater. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. it's either Mario Land, Wario, sorry, Wario Land or Mario Kart on SNES. I'll take Adam, your opposite you answer. I'm taking the one he doesn't take, so I can be right. Which one's your official <laughs> answer, Holden? <laughs> I'll, I'll say Wario Land. Forget it. Yeah, sure. Okay. That would make sense. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I'll take Mario Kart then, since you took that. <laughs> Wario was the final boss in the Game Boy game Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, released in 1992. Oh. I bet he was. Interesting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that sounds like a Wario thing on a yep. Game Boy game. Oh, yep. Lord. That was his first appearance. Next up, Zero Suit Samus. Which we all know is just Samus, but when did the Zero Suit first appear? So this is tricky, because te- mm. technically uh, Zero Suit Samus is from Zero Mission. And that was the uh, Metroid Zero Mission. But in the original Metroid, we saw her at the end of the game. She loses her armor, and she's there in, in her like her undersuit. 
or depending on how fast you beat the game, it might be a bikini. But that's does that does that count as zero suit? Samus? That's what I was thinking. Is it when she was you found out she's a woman, or is it in the game where she's actually in the suit? That's, I'm with you yeah. on that one. Mm. Uh, I don't I'm know. Gonna, I'm gonna just take the first one because yeah, that was a big big old shocker spoiler back in the day. It's like oh, that's a girl. So I'll take Metroid. So I'll do the opposite. I'll say zero mission just be in. Just because the opposite of yours, we're not doing the same thing. Keep it interesting. But also, it's the first time it was named Zero Suit Samus, so I'm going to go with Zero Mission. The official Nintendo answer is it makes its first appearance in Metroid Zero Mission on Game Boy Advance in 2004. Mm-hmm. However, it is not called Zero Suit Samus until Smash Bros. Brawl. That's the first time we see the name Zero Suit Samus. Oh, so she has the suit, but they don't call it that until Smash Bros. Yep. Interesting. Hmm. Um, next up, Baby Bowser. Oh, I know this one for sure. Yoshi's Island? is Super Mario Sunshine. So, Adam, you say Yoshi's Island? Because aren't there a bunch of babies in that game? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say Yoshi's Island. I I have no idea, though. The answer is Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island is the first appearance of Baby Bowser. Is it the, the same version that's in Super Mario Sunshine? Because that's when he introduced that character. I'm very surprised. I don't know. I don't know. So Holden is at one. Adam is at one. Are you thinking Koopa Lee? Tied. The Koopa Kids? Is that what's in the first Next time up. we get? We'll see. Hmm. Next up. Magic Koopa. This is the wizard, the wizard one that like sends out little things and summons shit. Has the glasses. Super Mario 2. I'm going to say New Super Mario Bros. on DS. Super Mario World on Super Nintendo in 1990. Mm. Ooh. Next up. crushing it. Yeah, you guys are real good at this. (laughs) We're very Uh, good at this game. (laughs) Bowser Jr. Bowser Jr., that's who is in Super Mario Sunshine. Adam? Mm, I'll just, I mean, I think he's right. I'll just say 64. I know it's not right, but whatever. Well, don't pick something. It's okay if you guys both guess the same answer. Oh, well, I'm taking his answer then. <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine, yes. Okay. He's the, he the boss of Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, Bowser Jr. and Baby Bowser, fun fact, share the same exact... Like They look exactly the same. The only difference is Bowser Jr. has an image on his neckerchief. I think it's like a Bowser image or something like that. Whereas Baby Bowser's is just plain white. Different children? Baby Bowser is Bowser as a baby, whereas Bowser, Bowser Jr. Jr. is Bowser's baby. baby. Okay. <laughs> yes. The Mario universe is very complicated. Deep lore. <laughs> if you've ever looked up the Donkey Kong family tree, it is oh. fucked up. Yeah. Whew. Especially when they put Funky in there. It got real crazy. Yep. <laughs> Banjo from Banjo-Kazooie. Where was oh. Banjo's first appearance? Oh. It wasn't Banjo-Kazooie? That could be your answer. That's my answer, because only, I'm only aware of it being in three games, and that's the first one. So I'm going to say Banjo-Kazooie, but, but now I'm thinking I might be wrong, because that seems like too obvious. I'm going to say Banjo, but I feel like it's a Game Boy game by Rare that he's in. But I wouldn't know the name of it, so I'm going to say yeah, Banjo one. Banjo first appeared in Diddy Kong Racing on the N64 in 1997. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, next up, Birdo 
This is the pink dinosaur that spits eggs in the Mario universe. Super Mario Brothers 2. Saying it again. Let's go. <laughs> Holden? I'm pretty sure this is random, and this might be either I'm spot on or I'm going to say the dumbest thing ever. I think it's a Super Mario Baseball on GameCube. All right. Um, Adam, I'm going to give you half a point. Okay. Because technically, Birdo comes from Doki Doki Panic on NES, which in Japan was not a Mario game. Mm-hmm. But in America, they reskinned it as a Mario game. So it is the same game, game just with Mario characters, and that's where Birdo yeah. comes from. Yeah, so that's a full point. Because in America, which is what we're talking about. But Birdo's first appearance was in a <laughs> Japanese game called Doki Doki Panic. Uh, I got you. I, I'll take that. I'd give him the full point. Give him the full point. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it right was now that he's in game. the lead. If that full point makes him win, then yeah, I'll give it to him. Okay. Because we'll we need to see Holden lose. <laughs> um, we just said Birdo. Let's do Dompe the Gravedigger. This is a Zelda character. That is Ocarina of Time. It's hard to argue with Holden, who's played every Zelda game a trillion times except for Majora's Mask. But is, now that you mentioned the whole banjo is in Diddy Kong, I'm like, was Dampy also in Diddy Kong racing? And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about it. Uh, Link's Adventure. No, Link's Awakening. No. Link's Awakening. The answer is Ocarina of Time on the N64. Who's the guy who needs a toilet paper and he's in the hole? Is that not Dampy? That's Majora's Mask. That's a Majora's Mask. Okay. I don't think it's Dampy. I think Dampy's somewhere else Majora's Mask. I remember there being a hand coming out of a hole in the ground saying, I need toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very memorable moment. We've got three left. (laughs) Waluigi. Mario Tennis. Yeah, Mario Tennis. It is Mario Tennis. Came out on both the N64 and the Game Boy Color. Same time, 2000. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have Conquer the Squirrel. Conquer's Bad Fur Day is the only game I'm aware of that has that character in it. We just mentioned another one a couple weeks ago on the show. Well, then I'm not aware of it. (laughs) (laughs) Adam, it's yours for the taking. Uh, Here's the thing. I know that Conquer's in another game, and I don't know the name of it. So I'm just going to say Conquer's Bad Fur Day. But I know there's another game he's in, and I, I don't know what it is. Conquer the Squirrel first oh, appeared in... Did he... Is it, it was a Donkey Kong Country game? No? I don't know. Was it? What's your answer? Because... Let's just say Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Just going to say Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Conquer the Squirrel first debuted also in Diddy Kong Racing in 1997. Damn, he got us. <laughs> now, you can look it up. I think there, Conquer is in a, a Game Boy or a DS game. I believe. Maybe. He also was DLC, like a big package in Microsoft's Project Spark. Yeah, I remember him in Project yep, Spark. That was like a big deal. They revealed, oh, Conquer is coming to Project Spark. Uh, final one, the Koopalings. This is Iggy Koopa, Wendy O, Morton Jr., all those. New Super Mario Bros. on the DS. Mario Kart 64. Nope, it wouldn't be 64. I'm going to copy him so I don't lose. 
(laughs) (laughs) The answer is Super Mario Bros. 3 on the NES. They were all, uh, they were each a world boss, each of the the seven children. Mm -hmm. And then they also were on the SNES and Super Mario World. Those were each of the world bosses as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, For in Nintendo lore, those were Bowser's kids. And then when Bowser Jr. was introduced, Miyamoto says, well, our current story is that those are Bowser's minions, and Bowser Jr. is Bowser's only son. So the winner of the game... Talking about shafted. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I think he just has a bunch of bastard children. Just paternity lawsuits (laughs) everywhere. He's like, those aren't my kids. I went on more. He said, I'm not the father. It is a tie because I gave Holden... uh, So Holden has four points. Adam, Mm -hmm. you have three and a half, but I'm going to bump that up to four. Mm -hmm. Just so that you guys tie. So and you don't let him win. That's where go. we go. Yeah. Yep. Holding <laughs> can't win. That. That's it for Mama Who Bore Me and Game on Game Show. And that is it for our episode today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. A couple of extra things. One, patreon.com slash respawnamefire. You can influence what we play. We should be having a poll go up pretty soon about what we're playing for Barf next month. This month, we're playing Donut County. Again, audience participation is really what drives our hearts, our minds, our erections. Let us know what it is that you played and loved about Donut County or hated about Donut County. Email us, tweet us, whatever the fuck. Um, wallpapers came out. Those are available for all the months ever, except for this month yet, but those will be out at the end of the month. And then if you are a patron, you can watch the Game Awards with us live somehow. Stay tuned for how to do that this Thursday. And um, I had something else in mind, but we're going to instead go straight to Adam because I forgot what it was. Adam, tell the people again where they can find you and what you do. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Gumby. That's where you find my link to gaming podcast, that D&D podcast, when 103 episodes are done <laughs> and I get the music. Uh, yeah, Adam Adam Gumby, and yeah, those are the main two things that I do, that I put 110% into. doesn't mean they're good, but I put 110% into <laughs> Well, thank you, Adam, again for being with us. Um, until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Y'all tied, and I'm proud of you. <laughs>